uh, tonight what we're going to do is we are going to discuss a Shaila, which uh, somebody from Shol asked, uh, related to Hilchos Brachos. So I know that uh, a number of years ago we did uh, a, a long series about uh, Hilchos Brachos, but I figured that uh, this is one of those things, uh, eating is one of those things which I'm pretty sure we all do every day. <laughs> it's one of those things which uh, it's never uh, bad to uh, review those uh, those topics and the uh, the principles. And this is one in the summertime, which uh, certainly comes up, so it's worthwhile to uh, to explore. So the specific Shaila, which we are going to um, where to go, which we are going to get to. Um, I don't know where to go there. Uh, which we're going to get to is. I've lost it. Hold on, let me find it. Oh, I just saw it. There. Uh, so the specific shot that we're going to get to is over here is the brachan and ice cream cone. So the heading may be a little bit confusing because we're not talking about just ice cream cone. We're talking about an ice cream cone with ice cream in it. So obviously you have two foods there. So you have the ice cream, which is a shahako, and then you have the uh, the ice cream cone, which is a mizonos. And if you're eating them together, so what exactly are you supposed to do? Do you make a shahako on the ice cream? You make a mizonos on the ice cream cone? Do you make one shahako? And we assume that the shahako is going to cover both the ice cream as well as the cone, or do we say because the cone is mizonos, so therefore that's considered to be the more primary food and you'll make just the mizonos and the ice cream will be secondary to that. Or perhaps you should only have an ice cream uh, cone in the middle of a meal where you uh, ate some bread, which is always, uh, which is always a good, uh, an easy way out. So what we're going to do is we're going to see a couple of the, uh, the sources related to Iker and Tafel. Iker and Tafel, if you remember the terminology, is when you have two foods, one of them is the uh, the primary food, and one of them is secondary. And we'll see some of the rules related to that, similar to as we, we're not going to discuss this specific case, but like when you have cereal in milk. So everybody agrees that the cereal is considered to be the primary food, is considered to be the ikker, and the milk is considered to be secondary, is considered to be tafel, and you make the bracha only on the uh, on the cereal. So now we'll have to see uh, what the primary or the, uh, the, the main principle is that's at work. Uh, some examples of that, uh, you know, that, uh, that people will, will come across. And then we'll get to a, uh, a, uh, a source which addresses the ice cream cone directly. Okay, so this sugya, the whole discussion originates primarily here in simon ratio base. That's actually a simon which is... Uh, focused on this topic. And Shulchan Aruch says, uh, yeah, kol shehu uh, ikar vimo tfeila. Anytime you have one food which is primary, and together with that, you're eating a secondary food. What does tfeila mean? Perish, it means davar bilti nechshav, something which is not such an important food. So the rule of thumb is, mevarach al ikar upoter as tfeila. So you're going to go ahead and you're going to make a bracha on the primary food, not the secondary food, not the uh, the subordinate food. And that's going to be true both regarding the bracha before eating as well as the bracha after eating. 
So in the example that we gave of the cereal and milk, so let's say you're having a mezonos cereal, what bracha you make on, on different cereals is a whole sugi in and of itself. But let's say it's clear that you're eating a mezonos cereal with milk, so you'll make a baremine mezonos on the cereal. And even if it turns out that you have some extra milk in the bowl at the end and you end up uh, consume, you end up drinking that, still we consider the milk to be tafel and you'll make an alamichia afterwards and you don't make a brain of fashos. So that's the standard rule about ikr and tafel, primary food and subordinate food. Now he says, lomi bai ima ikr me'urav ima tafel. Now this is true not only when the two foods are mixed together, intermingled, like cereal and milk, so they all get uh, sort of mushed together. But rather, you can even have a circumstance where you have an ikr and a tafel, a primary food and a subordinate food, that you're not eating the two foods at the same time. You eat one and then you eat the other. Even when it comes to bread, which we all know is the most important of foods, that's more important than any other food, in the event that it's eaten as a subordinate food, would not make a bracha even on bread. Kugon, for example, shaochel dag you're eating some salty herring, and you go ahead and you have some bread together with it because the salty herring leaves a ichi salty herring taste in your mouth, <laughs> which is exactly what you don't want, even though you want to eat, apparently you want to eat it, but you don't want the taste in your mouth. So you eat some bread to go ahead and clean out the ichi herring taste. So you see here that fish is dangerous. So you don't want it to go ahead and be mazik you, be in your throat. So since really what you want to eat is the herring, and the bread is there just to take away the strong uh, taste or whatever it may do, leave that dry feeling in your throat. So the, the, in that case, the herring is considered to be the ikker. The bread is considered to be tafel, is considered to be subordinate. And therefore you only make the bracha on the fish and you would not make the bracha on the bread. So this is Shulchan Aruch's primary presentation of these things. And he puts together two different categories of ikr and tafel. One is when you have a mixture of foods and the mixture of foods are going to be eaten together, let's say. And yet one is going to be the dominant food and one is going to be the subordinate food. And then you could have times, which is not really going to be our subject so much, where you're eating one food and a second food. But really your intention is to eat one food, the ikr food, the primary food, and the other food is there just to make it easier to, uh, to eat the, uh, the first food. And the example of that he gave was the eating bread after you have some herring. So you don't really want to eat bread, you really want to eat the herring, but the only way to get the uh, herring down in a way where it's not going to be harmful is if you eat some bread afterwards. Okay, so now what does the Mishabura say in terms of his initial presentation? He says, what's this idea of ikr and tafel, primary and in, in, uh, uh, subordinate? So it says, kegon kota ruvas shnei minim. Anytime you have a mixture of two foods, let's say you have rice and vegetables or something like that. So you've got two foods, or as we're going to see, you have rice and pieces of salami. You cut up uh, some salami, you fried up some salami, and you mix it into your rice. So now you have these two ingredients which are mixed together, the rice and salami. Where one food is considered to be primary, and the second food is just to make it easier to eat the first food. So that is one category. 
O or another variety of Iker and Tafel, Afilu Shnem Ikarim, let's say both of them are good foods, you want the rice and you want the salami, but one is a greater quantity than the other. In the rice salami mixture, so you may have halavai that you had 90% rice and 10% salami, but you may go ahead and have 95% rice and 5% salami. So in such a case where one is clearly more abundant than the other, so then we are going to assume, uh, without any other relevant factors, we're going to assume that the dominant food in such a case is going to be the one which constitutes the majority versus the one which is the minority. This is, I saw as I was preparing, that let's say you have, uh, you have a fruit salad. So they actually talk about you have one third of the ingredients are hadama, another third are nuts, and another third is fruit. I don't know, that's the way they went ahead and they, you, you ordered your salad, that special made salad. So even though it's one third, one third, one third, the, the, uh, the lettuce, the nuts, and the fruit, but nonetheless, since two thirds are ha'etz, and one third is ha'adama, so then we say that the ha'etz is considered to be the ikker food, and you, even though you're eating a salad, you'll end up making ha'etz on it, even though like the, the foundation of the salad is still the lettuce. But nonetheless, when we have these two foods, or these multiple foods which are mixed together, so the bracha is going to be determined by the majority ingredient. On the other hand, not on the other hand, but another application of this, and this is going to get us into these next sources, let's say you have a mixture of salad and meat, or some sort of vegetable, some sort of leafy vegetable and meat, so we say, So in such a case, we consider the salad or we consider the vegetable to be subordinate to the meat. So here we're talking about you have a little bit of green on top of your steak. So obviously when you have a steak, it comes out sizzling on, that, uh, on the plate over there. And there's a little bit of vegetable on the side. So the vegetable on the side, even if it's eaten together with the meat, nonetheless, the meat is clearly the dominant food is the more important food. And you'll make the bracha on the meat and then the, uh, the, uh, the vegetable would be secondary. Okay, so now let's get some practical examples of this, straightforward, but practical examples. And once we hear C, how the poskim are thinking, this will allow us to sort of ease our way into the topic of the ice cream cone. Because ultimately, even though we're flashings now, because we just had, you know, the meat and the, uh, and the, uh, the vegetable, but ultimately we want to get to the milchiks, which is going to be the ice cream and the, uh, the, uh, the ice cream cone. So here in source four, so this is from the Dirshu Mishnabura, where they have, uh, they bring, uh, they cite comments from more recent Sfarim than the Mishnabura, which elaborate on the, uh, the, the principles of the halacha and address specific examples of the halacha. So he gives, I think in these two paragraphs in, in sections four and five, we're going to discuss three or four different examples. So the first one is, basar. So let's say you have stuffed cabbage. So you have stuffed cabbage. So you have now, obviously you have the cabbage leaf and then you have meat inside. So what's considered to be ikker and what's tafel? You're eating it not in a meal. You're eating it on, uh, on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. So what bracha do you make? So it says, So he writes in Levushe Mordechai, Then you make shahakol on stuffed cabbage. 
because clearly you want the meat. Usually, if it's a good stuffed cabbage, the meat should be much more abundant than the uh, than the cabbage, anyways. But clearly, what you want, given those two choices, uh, ten times out of ten, we're choosing meat over cabbage. I assume. I assume the rest of you are the same way. So the meat is considered to be the ikker, and the cabbage is considered to be only tafel. Yashiv says the same thing. So this is stuffed pepper. So you have, you cut off the top of your pepper, and then you go ahead and you fill the pepper with rice. So again, you now have this food, which is being cooked together. You have the outside, which is the pepper hadama. You have the inside, the rice, which is mizonos. So what's considered to be the ikker and what's considered to be the tafel? So Voyashiv says, that you make the, we consider the rice to be the primary food. And you don't have to make a bracha at all on the vegetable, on the, uh, on the pepper. Why? Because the ores, the rice, is certainly considered to be the, the abundant, the, uh, the rove, is considered to be the, the abundant food. And therefore, that is going to be considered dominant, that is the ikker, and that's what you can make the bracha on. And the Debrezina Rav, so he writes, Kas of the Gabi Pilpa Mumula, he also writes regarding stuffed pepper. Shein Mavarch and Al Hapilpa Mepeshu Sheeno Taim. I don't know what he had against, uh, he had against uh, peppers the same way I guess I had against fish. So he says that, you would, that when you have stuffed pepper, you wouldn't make the bracha on the pepper because pepper doesn't taste good. Eno Taim. It's not, uh, it's not tasty. And who goes out and eats a pepper all by itself? So I don't know what was going on when he wrote this chuva, what the eating style was. I think it may have changed nowadays. I know it changed nowadays because people do eat pepper. But he said that's not something which people would eat by itself. But the Bear Moshe, he disagrees with the Levushe Mordechai. And he says, if you're eating stuffed cabbage, that's something where both the inside meat as well as the outside vegetable, the cabbage, are eaten. So where cabbage is a tasty food and it's something which is eaten by itself, even when not with meat. So he maintains that in the case of stuffed cabbage, that the cabbage does not become secondary to the filling, to what's inside. And he would say that you're going to make a brach on both. But we have over here these, these principles that work when you're eating these two foods together. These two foods are cooked together. They're prepared together and they're eaten together. As we'll see, like by an ice cream cone. So this is something where we, uh, where we may go ahead and make the determination based on what's considered to be the majority food. Or if there's some other way that we're going to say, we're going to make the call that one food is primary, the other food is secondary or subordinate. And that's how we're going to decide how to go ahead and proceed. Then he says, now regarding the case that I gave you uh, with the rice with salami in there. So here in source five, he says, basar. So we use the example that we said, so you made a, a dish of rice, and in that rice is either little chunks of meat, like you would get at a Chinese restaurant or something like that, or if you're preparing it American style, so you'll go ahead and you'll take, or Chicago style, you'll go ahead and you'll take some Romanian salami, you'll fry that up, and then you'll mix that into the rice. Mm-mm, there's nothing better than that. Now the question is, though, although there's nothing better than that, what bracha are you going to make? 
So that's a goal of Yosef Shomel Yashiv. So Yashiv, Revo Yashiv maintains, Shima Orez who harov, Mavrachim Bremine Mizonos. So in the example that I gave you, you have 90% rice in 10% Romanian salami. So the correct bracha that you're going to make when you eat that mixture is Mizonos. Rav Yashiv considers the rice to be the primary food by virtue of its abundance. It's like so much, uh, so much uh, uh, larger. And we don't, and this is what's important, is that we're not going to say that the, remain, the pieces of Romanian salami are considered to be the ikr because they are chashuv and because they're clearly much more expensive than the rice. So ikr and tafel has nothing to do with Rav Yashiv maintains, has nothing to do with the chashibas of one food vis-a-vis the other, because clearly salami is more chashiv than rice. It has nothing to do with value, because clearly salami is more expensive than rice. But it has to do with, it's going to be determined based on what's the majority ingredient, and clearly 90% rice, 10% salami, so rice is going to win. And the Rav expresses the same thing, that in such a case, you make a bracha only on the rice, and that is going to exempt you from having to make a separate bracha on the meat. And the Ben Ishchai says the same thing, in honor of Bacha having uh, visited last Shabbos. So we have uh, the, uh, the Ben Ishchai, he maintains the same thing. And he says, besides the fact that in your rice salami mixture, the rice is clearly the majority ingredient. But he says, And he says, on top of that, we really consider this to be a rice dish, and the meat is there to enhance the taste of the rice. You're not eating salami, and you're trying to enhance the taste of salami by having some rice mixed in there. If you wanted salami, you're just going to have salami. So clearly what you're trying to do is you're trying to eat the rice, and to make the rice more tasty, rather than just being bland white rice, so you add in a couple of chunks of salami here and there, and that way it's going to enhance the taste of the rice, and being that that's what you're trying to do, so that that itself indicates that the rice is considered to be the ikker, and the uh, salami is there to make the rice taste better. Okay. However, last thing over here. Achein. Im chatichas abasar shebedoch ha'ores, higadol, it should say, in the event that the pieces of salami in the rice are large, so rather than cutting your salami into small little pieces, you went full on over here, and you would put in like big, big chunks of uh, like we well, like in in uh, shul when we have meat chunks at a kiddush, uh, So when you have those big chunks of meat in there, so if you go ahead and you mix that into your rice, so then that already is an entirely different story. Now the right now the salami already has particular chashivas because of the nice size of those chunks. That's something that a kid can choke on. So it comes with a choking hazard. So once it comes with a choking hazard, so you know that that's a good piece of salami. So Rabbi Sion Abishol writes in such a case, that once the meat chunks are so large that they would become like a choking hazard, he doesn't say what large is. He doesn't tell us where the cutoff is between small pieces of meat or in large pieces of meat. But at whatever point you go ahead and you cross that line and it's now considered to be large pieces of meat, then we would no longer say that the meat is now tuffled to the rice. And you would make a bracha both on the rice as well as on the salami. 
Because at that point, it is considered to be chashuv, um, and it is not uh, uh, secondary to the rice anymore. Yes, Alan. In stuffed cabbage, you sometimes mix the meat with the rice. So now in a stuffed cabbage, you now have three different brachas. You have the cabbage, the meat, and the rice. Right. So um, there, right. So there, there you, would, you would still determine, assuming that they're small pieces of meat, so you still make the call based on the majority ingredient. I assume the rice is still majority. It's easiest filler. It's the cheapest and easiest filler. Okay. Excellent. So these are the backgrounds for Iker and Tafo. And now, stop that share. Let me pull up a new screen for you. There we go. Get rid of the stuff on the side. Um, okay. Okay, so here we go. You see Lama Aleph, uh, sorry, Lama base Aleph over here. Din Bracharishona al Glida Begavia. So this is the halacha of the Bracharishona on ice cream in a cone. So Glida is the ice cream, Gavia is a cone, and the Krembo. The famous Krembo, where you have, I didn't even realize that what like the etymology, I, I never explore the etymology of candy names, but, but the etymology is that it's Mizonos on the outside and the cream is on the inside. So creme, that's the cream, bow is inside of it. I thought it was just one word that somebody came up with, just them, but it's, uh, it actually has a, it actually is very descriptive of, of what it is. But we're just going to go with the ice cream cone just because we're here in America and we're not in, uh, in Israel anymore. Okay. So he says, Hashela, Yeshlachor Beglida Begvia Vikrembo. So we have to wonder about eating ice cream in a cone or a crembo. Haim Tsarh Levarch Achelika Mazonos. Do you make the bracha just on the cone? Because that's Mazonos. That's usually the more important bracha. Oshinemar Shoso Khelak Balhaksika Sachelikai Kari Bavat. Or perhaps we'll say that the ice cream cone is there only because it's rude to walk around with an ice cream scoop in your hands. So rather than holding and licking the ice cream scoop from your hands, so we go ahead and we put it in a, into a cone, but the cone is there solely for the purpose of keeping the ice cream off of your hands, but not really because you want the cone. And if that were true, so then you'd make a bracha on the primary ingredient, which is the Shahako, which is the ice cream, Haglida o Hakrem, the Krembo, Upota Bazes Amin Mazonos, and that will exempt you from the Mazonos. So the what's it called? The uh the um yeah, okay. So that's the question. Now he says, Vihine. Now, if you think about this question, when you begin to contemplate this question, he says, the this, the answer to this question, what bracha are you going to make on your ice cream cone, is really a subjective shaila. It depends on who you are and what you like in terms of ice cream. Because somebody who only wants ice cream. And really, you're using the cone only to hold the ice cream in place. But once you go ahead and you finish the ice cream, you say it would be a baltashkis, it'd be a waste to go ahead and throw out this uh, cone, which is, it's not, it's not like it tastes like herring or something. So you might as well go ahead and eat it anyways. 
So, but your primary intent when it comes to the cone is it's there only or primarily to hold the ice cream in place. So if that's your thinking, if that's your approach to an ice cream cone, that all I really want is the ice cream, but I need to hold it in something and therefore I'm going to get the cone. And once I have the cone in my hand, I might as well eat it. So then it would turn out from that perspective, if that's your mindset, so then the cone is considered to be tuffel, is considered to be subordinate to the ice cream. And therefore on your ice cream cone, if that's your thinking, that's your approach, so you would go ahead and you would make a shahakol. And if you look in Rav Moshe's truth about this, so that's what he says. Now, let's say you're the type of person who likes not only ice cream, but you actually do like the ice cream cone. You find that to be once it gets soft and mushy with the, uh, from all of the ice cream sitting in it. So you actually do enjoy the, uh, the, the cone. So then the Chormavarach Akolach Abinifrat. So then seemingly, if you're that type of person, so then you would make a shahakol on the ice cream and you'd make mizonos on the cone because you're interested in eating them both. Now, this would be very clear that if, you, if we were to, uh, to send out a survey and say, what kind of person are you? Are you an ice cream only guy or you're an ice cream and cone type of person? So, and people had two choices to fill out. So then we would say, okay, either you're A and you make just shahakol or your B, and you make shahakal amazonos, easy shmeezy, that's going to be the end of it. But I can tell you from answering um, uh, halacha hotlines, and when you talk to people about what their thinking process is, so the what he's about to write is actually the dominant, what I would expect most people would answer. He says, our question is, People don't know if yes, and which is the ikr and which is the tafel. When they know it has halachic ramifications, they'll get all wishy-washy. Well, I don't want to make a mistake. Maybe sometimes I want the ice cream, maybe the cone, maybe both. It depends on the day. And they, they, they're not clear in terms of, they're not the, they don't have conviction in terms of whether they're an ice cream guy or whether they're an ice cream and cone guy. They can't figure it out. It's too much pressure for them to decide. V'tzarch levayr, and therefore, skipping the parentheses, v'tzarch levayr stam. What's considered to be the default thinking of most people? So we want to create some sort of baseline. Obviously, if you know for sure what your personal thinking process is, that will determine for you, that will dictate for you which bracha to make. But those people who become wishy-washy and they're afraid to commit even what's considered to be the ikr, whether it is the ice cream, which is the ikr, or it is the cone, which is, a, which is ikr. So then, v'ad she'itachen she'adam mu'unyan. And it's also possible that the person really wants, uh, he wants primarily the ice cream cone. Sorry, he does enjoy the ice cream cone, but really the main thing that you don't, nobody goes to the ice cream store to get a cone. You go to ice cream store, store to get ice cream. It happens to be that the cone is a nice addition with that. So this is what we have to go ahead and we have to figure out what's going to be the default setting for the ice cream cone? Do we assume that your intention is the ice cream? Do we assume that it is also the cone? What are we going to do? Okay. So he says, So let's see what the rabbis write about this all-important question of ice cream. 
you scream ice cream, we're all trying to figure out what we're going to scream for ice cream. Lemaisa, yeshe kasushagviya, rakba lahachzik, vu tafa legame lechel kapnimi. So there are some posts who take the approach that the default setting for a person who uh, uh, orders an ice cream cone from the ice cream store is that the ice cream is the yikr and the cone is subordinate, is secondary, and therefore you only make a shahakal. This is what Rabbi Sion Abishol Paskins, the Kach Pasku Avne Yashve, and this is what the Avne Yashve Rav Dayan Feinhandler Paskins, the Rivros Ephraim, as well as the Rivros Ephraim Ephraim Greenblatt, uh, reminding us that Bob is still recovering from his surgery, but he is a Talmud of the Rivros Ephraim. So I'll have to remember to uh, to tell him that uh, we mentioned his Rebbe and Shir today. Sheker Kavanas Adam Leglida because they all maintain, these three posts you maintain, that a person's primary intent is really just this ice cream, and the, and the cone is subordinate, is secondary to that. Nobody really wants the ice cream cone. They really just want the ice cream. But we have to explore this a little bit. Because there are times when the cone may actually add a very good taste to the ice cream. It actually enhances the taste of the ice cream. I don't know if I would necessarily use ice cream as the example of that, but you may think of an ice cream sandwich, which is a similar type of thing, where you have mizonos and mizonos, and then you have the ice cream in the middle. And obviously the ice cream tastes that much better because you're eating it with those two wafers, if we'll call them on the outside, so the part which makes the sandwich, that actually does make the ice cream taste much better. It enhances the taste of the ice cream. So if that's your intent, so then what are you going to do in that case? Because now it may turn out that those things are, uh, uh, right, they actually add t- t- taste to the, uh, to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to the ice cream. And in such a case, so then it's adding, it's there not only to be able to hold the ice cream, but it's there also to give flavor to the ice cream. So if it's there to give flavor to the ice cream, it, be, it may be a little bit more difficult to say that it is automatically subordinate. Okay, but that is those three postkin. Next section is Shita Sagon Rav Moshe Feinzi. So what does Rav Moshe say about this uh, important question about your ice cream cone? So he says, make this bigger. So he says, those of us whose eyes are going, he says, he made Divra Moshe. Now, from the words of Rav Moshe, Yotzei Lanu Shita Chadasha. So we, we, what emerges is a new approach, a new perspective. Be'inyan Glida Begvia with regards to an ice cream cone. Umashmos Dvarav Shemikra Dim Vracha Akola Glida Upoter Es Amin Mezonos. He says the 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 implication of his wording is is that you're going to make a shahakol on the ice cream. And you're going to exempt whatever the Mizonos is, whatever the cone is, whatever the ice cream sandwich is, whatever the Mizonos of the Krembo. And he says, this is also the halacha. That somebody is not interested in eating Mizonos at all. Oops, and the only reason that you're eating the cone is just because you finished the ice cream and the ice cream isn't as, as yummy as it is. It isn't always so filling. And therefore, since you have the cone in your hand anyways, rather than just throwing it out, so you might as well go ahead and eat it. Ah, however, let's say you actually do enjoy eating the cone. 
Sometimes when you're hungry and there's no pretzels, so you just go ahead and you'll grab out of the uh, the uh, the kitchen pantry, you'll grab an ice cream cone and you'll just munch on the the cone by itself. Yet then, if that's your if that's the way you see things, or this is certainly true with regards to the ice cream sandwich, where the wafer on the outside, I don't know where you could get those by themselves. That'd be a great thing to sell that by itself. But if you could go ahead and you eat just that by itself, so that is delicious all by itself. So in such a case where you actually do enjoy the cone or the outside of your ice cream sandwich, then Ramosha says you should first make a mizonos on the mizonos part, on the cone or the sandwich part of your ice cream sandwich. And then go ahead and have some of just the ice cream. And then you'll make a shahako on that. So Rav Moshe now introduces us to this new idea that there may be circumstances where your mindset is, your attitude is, I like both of them. And being that I like both of them, so I'm going to, they're both considered to be ichor. And since they are distinct in the sense that you can see the ice cream is over here and the cone is down here, or the sandwich has mizonas on top, mizonas on the bottom, but there's clearly distinct ice cream in the middle. It's not all intermingled together. It's not all... Uh, mixed together. So each one is able to take on a bracha to itself. Now, what's the pshat? What's Rav Moshe's thinking? So he says, It would seem to be there, Moshe says. So the question that he's really asking is that if you really enjoy the mizonos also, you want the ice cream cone as well, and you want the wafer part of your ice cream sandwich just as much, so then why don't we say that mizonos, since that's the more important bracha than shahakal, just make mizonos and consider the ice cream to be subordinate to the mizonos. So why are we making two brachas over here? Once you have a fruit, once you have a mizonos food that you really want to eat and enjoy, why doesn't that become the ikr and make the ice cream subordinate to that? Similar to like we said at the beginning, when you're having your cereal in milk, even though you may like milk and certainly the sugary milk when you finish your, uh, your cereal, so you may enjoy that as well. But nonetheless, we consider the cereal to be ikr and we consider the milk to be subordinate, to be tafo. So why not say the same thing with your ice cream cone? So Moshe says, Even though the mizonos is something which is tasty, yummy, and it adds taste to the ice cream, nonetheless, nonetheless, if you wanted to have just a cone, you'd have a cone. So the fact that you're having with ice cream indicates that the ice cream is also at least as important and you cannot go ahead and relegate it to being something which is secondary to being subordinate. The Hagviya, and therefore we see the cone as something which is rakba, it's coming to add to the ice cream, but you cannot, the bottom line is that it's an ice cream cone. The dominant term is the ice cream. And then the cone is something which is secondary to that. And therefore, being that on a somewhat of an objective perspective, the ice cream is considered to be dominant, is considered to be primary. So therefore, halachically, yesh legvia geda shall tafal hamalafis. So we could consider the ice cream cone to be something which is secondary, intended to add taste to the primary food. So that's going to be similar to like we said before, when you have rice with little pieces of meat in it, so we consider the meat to be there, as important as 
uh, Romanian salami is, we consider the meat to be there to enhance the taste of the rice. You're trying to make the rice taste better. So the rice is the dominant food and the meat is there to enhance the taste of the rice. So here also Rav Moshe says that really since the ice cream is the ichor, the, as much as you may enjoy the ice cream cone, it's still going to be something which is there intended to add taste to the, uh, to the ice cream. And therefore, and it should really go ahead and be exempt from the, uh, with the bracha on the, uh, on the ice cream. But since it stands separate and apart, and you may eat it separate and apart, so that's why Rav Osha says, if you enjoy both of them, you would make two brachas. But he says, Ach Moshe, but Rav Moshe adds, if you want to be cautious. So remember that we've had many circumstances in halacha where there's a machlokas, and when there's a machlokas, there's an easy solution to avoid uh, entering into the, uh, the waters, the, the stormy waters of the machlokas. So if you remember, for example, when you don't know whether you're supposed to tovel a kli or not. So the easiest thing to do is you tovel without a bracha. So if you needed the tefillah, so then you toveled it. If you didn't have to tovel it, at least you didn't make a brachal of atala. So there's an easy solution to handle anytime that there's a suffix. Anytime there's a suffix or machlokas, we say, do it without a bracha. So here, Rav Osha says, there's a similar type of approach that you can take when it comes to foods, when you don't know whether you should make a bracha on the uh, food A or food B when they're mixed together. So he says... And that is, the best thing is, just take some of the mazonos by itself. Don't eat it with ice cream. Just take some of the cone by itself and just eat that first. Make a mazonos on the cone. Eat some of that without, the, without biting into the ice cream. Imu chaviv. And he says, uh, right, now, he's, now he explains the, uh, the, the, the author of the Sefer Vizosa Bracha. He says, venira, so it seems evident, Moshe is concerned. Even though the ice cream cone is there in order to add taste to the ice cream, to make the ice cream taste better. Once again, think of it in terms of the, uh, an ice cream sandwich, where the sandwich part of it is there to make the ice cream taste better. But it may very well be that the mizonos in that case is not secondary, is not subordinate to the ice cream the same way that you would have a couple of noodles inside of your chicken soup. If you have just a couple of noodles inside of your chicken soup, even though there's mizonos there, but the noodles are there are to enhance the enjoyment of the chicken soup rather than the chicken soup being there to enhance the taste of the noodles. And in such a case where you have um, uh, chicken soup with noodles, even though your primary intention is the soup, because you're serving it as your soup dish, not as your noodles. But nonetheless, so the Magen Avram says, we're not going to get into that halacha now, but we have this idea that even though it's something which is secondary, even though it's something in one regard, it's subordinate, nonetheless, it doesn't lose its importance. The noodles don't lose their identity entirely and become completely subordinate to the soup. And the Magen of Rum says that even though really what you want is the soup, the noodles retain their importance and you would make a mizonos on that. And if Moshe says that the same thing may be true with your ice cream cone, that even though the cone makes the ice cream taste, taste better, 
So on the one hand, it is enhancing the taste of the of the ice cream, and therefore you may say that it should be completely subordinate to the ice cream, and you only make a shahakol. But nonetheless, it's still an ice cream cone, and it's still something which has good taste, and people, most people, enjoy eating the cone at the end. And therefore, we can't say with certainty that it loses its identity entirely and becomes tafel uh, altogether in the uh, to the ice cream. Um, okay, now we'll, we'll skip a line, but he says, just because of time, he says, Ach yesh ladun. So remember, there is what do they call it? They call it a, a waffle cone, and what's the other kind of cone? The sugar cone, right? Sugar cone and waffle cone, right? So the sugar cone has a taste that tastes like sugar at least has some of it. The waffle cone tastes what we would imagine styrofoam tastes like. I think that's a, that, that, that would be pretty universal. So not that anybody, I'm asking whether anybody actually tasted styrofoam, but if we were to imagine what styrofoam tastes like, so our best frame of reference is going to be a waffle cone. So he says, the common case, where the cone has absolutely no taste to itself whatsoever. It's just there as like a you know a, 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 a project that you made with strings of, uh, of plastic that you just put together. It's just there to hold the ice cream. But when you have the ice cream melts into that waffle cone, so then it now tastes a little bit better because it now tastes like it has some, uh, some taste to it because there's some ice cream. But by itself, it had no taste. So in this case where the cone has no taste to itself, it only gets absorbed taste from the ice cream, but nonetheless, it's still made from Mizonos. So does Rav Moshe's ruling that you should make Mizonos by itself and Shahako by itself, would that apply to a waffle cone or not? Is that only true when it's a sugar cone and the sugar cone has a good taste independent of the ice cream, and somebody may actually eat it completely independent of ice cream? Or do we say that nobody would ever eat a waffle cone by itself, and it's only eaten in, uh, in conjunction with ice cream? And although it may end up tasting good because there was ice cream which is melted into it, but still, since it has no independent taste to itself, so you would never make a mazonas, an independent mazonas on that. So what's the story? So he says, veneer loma, it would seem to be, even though the waffle cone does not have so much of a taste to itself, but once it's the uh, ice cream had a chance to melt into it, so now it does become something which is better because given the choice, you will 10 times out of 10, if you're going to eat a waffle cone, you're going to eat the waffle cone which has ice cream melted into it rather than a waffle cone right out of the box because that still has no taste to it whatsoever. Kadumas vafla, like a like a, the same thing if you eat those, um, the chocolate wafers or the vanilla wafers, whatever those wafers are. So that's the same type of material that you're only eating it because the cream in between. If you had just the wafer part of it, nobody would go ahead and buy that at all. Like somebody bought like manufactured in bulk millions of these waffle eggs. I said, what are we going to do with them? Nobody's going to buy these. I said, let's go ahead and slap some sugar in between and then people will go ahead and they'll buy it. So they did that. 
So in that case, when you're talking about wafers, nobody eats the wafer by itself. You only eat the wafer because of the filling. That's the only reason you go ahead and do that. But nonetheless, once the filling is there, so then the wafer has some good taste. And he says, this would seem to be the implication of Rav Moshe's writings, which is, as long as you have some interest in the cone, and you're not eating it simply because it's there, but it actually, at the end of the day, it does have an interesting taste. It does have something which, uh, which interests you. So it makes sense that you're going to go ahead and you're going to pull out some of the cone, make a bracha, make a mizonos on the cone before you start any of the ice cream. And because it's considered to be chashuv enough, that it warrants its own independent bracha. But he says, uh, but he says, in such a case, but to go ahead and take a bite out of the waffle cone in a place on the cone where you're not going to get any ice cream, that you shouldn't do. Because remember, we're saying now that the importance, the taste of the waffle cone is really derived from the ice cream which melts into it. So even though you're going to go ahead and make an independent bracha on the cone, because it now has taste, it only has that additional, that interesting taste or taste that you'd be interested in having because the ice cream is melted into it. So you wouldn't take a bite from the bottom of the waffle cone where it's just the cone by itself. It'd actually take it on the top of the waffle cone so you get some ice cream which is absorbed into it. And then that's what is going to give that part of the cone its chashivas. Shia Tam Tov that you're going to go ahead and you're going to, uh, the cone is going to have some of that better taste. Okay, now he says Lasikum. And we'll just read this and then we'll call it because we got Marv. He says, So Yesh Sovin Binyan Glida Begvia Vikrembo. So there are those who hold that when you're eating an ice cream cone where you have ice cream on top and then you have the cone which holds it, or you have the crembo, which is mizonos on the outside with some chocolate covering, but you have mizonos on the outside and you have the, uh, the cream on the inside. So if really your dominant uh, intent is for the ice cream or the cream, so you make a shahakal on the cream or the ice cream, and that is going to exempt you from having to make a bracha on the cone. Achain, however, like Rav Moshe, in the event that you actually enjoy it, tov it's a good idea to go ahead and pull out a little bit of the cone or a little bit of the, the, the sugar cone or the waffle cone with some ice cream in it or the uh, the uh, the uh, the wafer part, the, the uh, sorry, the uh, the outside of the crembo. And make a mizonus on that separately. And then only afterwards, then go ahead and make a shahakol on the ice cream. And in the event that it's impossible to pull them apart, if you ever tried to pull apart your ice cream sandwich, so it usually doesn't go too well. So you end up making a mess and uh, you just have a, a, a cholent of ice cream sandwich by the time you're done with that, uh, with that attempt. So, but in a case where it's impossible to go ahead and separate them, so then, so then what you should do is you should make a shahakal on the ice cream 
the Yechavin Lifter Gamas Min HaMezoros and have in mind to exempt the Mezoros as well. with this in terms of the that is his final conclusion uh, as far as the uh, the ice cream over here is that at the end of the day, really, we consider the ice cream to be dominant and the cone to be tafel. But in the event that you really enjoy the cone as well, so then like Rav Moshe, the best thing to do is make a Mizonos first on just cone, and then you'll make a shahako on the uh, on the ice cream, and then that certainly will uh, will cover all of your bases. All righty? Thank you, Rabbi. All Thank right. You. Thank you all for coming. So next week in Ritz Hashem, we should...